I'm Jeff. And I'm Craig. And, and this, this is Half Ass Horrorcast Nights. Episodes of Erie, Indiana. It's true. And the first of the three that we watched. It was the Hole in the Head gang. So you want to give like a brief overview? I'll, I'll read. Like? I'll read this from Wikipedia, heavily researched. Marshall and Simon investigate an old mill rumored to be haunted, only to discover that it's a hoax. Set up by a mysterious young man who doesn't want anybody nosing around until they accidentally uncover a rusted gun containing the ghost of Grungy Bill, Erie's worst bank robber. Yeah, so uh, this episode uh, actually starts off in the world of stuff where the uh, proprietor is being arrested. I'm sorry if I caused any inconvenience. The weirdest thing happened down at the world of stuff. It turns out the reason Radford always acted so weird was because he wasn't really Radford. He was Fred Suggs, compulsive imposter. Evidently, the real Radford had been tied up in the basement the whole time. You know, in previous episodes, he's been changing uh, outfits and like right. weird wigs and stuff, and they thought maybe he's in the witness protection program. Turns out... He's not the actual guy he says he is because uh, he has been keeping the owner of the world of stuff in the basement tied up. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it turns out the actual owner of the world of stuff is uh, Gomez Adams. Sean motherfucking Aston. Austin. John Aston. Sean Aston's father. John motherfucking Aston. <laughs> Now we have a new reoccurring character, yes, uh, played by John Aston, and who also uh, is technically a Joe Dante player because he was in Gremlins Two, the new batch. He was a janitor um, who uh, is very beleaguered. He's talking about how there's a power play going on at work, <laughs> and a younger guy is trying to replace him in his job, and it's kind of allegory or kind of voiceover uh, that juxtaposes Gizmo. Uh, multiplying and all the new mogwais attack him or whatever and there's kind of like that little monologue going over it about how the young guys always want to push you out and you know that sort of thing so yes cool there's also uh the introduction of a reoccurring another reoccurring character right we have uh we have um what seems to be uh marshall's friend of the week right but turns out he actually comes back uh in for you know, the next few episodes at least. Uh, the kid with the gray hair. What's with the gray hair? I'm starting a trend. What's it to you? He doesn't have an official name, I guess, right? Well, he doesn't not yet. remember his name. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe later he'll we'll we'll find out what he calls himself. But right now, we, everyone just refers to him as the kid with the gray hair. He's like this mysterious kid who mm. hangs out in this old. Is it like a mill or something that he's in? Yeah, haunted mill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, quick uh, quick side note trivia. The kid who plays the kid with the gray hair, uh, his name is Jason Marsden. He actually played um, Eddie Munster 
in the Munsters today. No way, get out of town. Eddie Munster? <laughs> Back in the, it was like, I think it was like the late 80s, they rebooted the Munsters. We're the Munsters. We're the Munsters. So he's in this haunted mill, but the uh, Gomez Adams, I, I can't remember his character's name. I don't remember it either. But uh, he he tells Marshall and uh, Simon that the old mill is haunted by Grungy Bill, Erie's worst bank robber. He's He tried to rob the bank like 100 years ago, but he left his gun at the mill. Yeah. So uh, he totally botched it. Uh, and played by Claude Akins. Atkins? Yeah, uh, Claude Atkins. He was, um, you might know him from, well, I, I know him from the, he's, he was on a lot of TV shows back in like the 60s and 70s, but he was also, the one I know him from is uh, Twilight Zone. He was like the main guy in uh, uh, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Who do I talk to? Well, I talk to monsters from outer space. The one where all the, everyone in the neighborhood, uh, they're sort of accusing each other of like who the who's the alien, yeah, and uh, they all just kind of lose their minds. But he's in another one too, I think, where he's like a astronaut or something like that. Yeah, that's right. It's like yeah. him and the other astronaut, and they find a little community of teeny tiny people. Right. And one guy, he's like, "I'm your god," and yeah. they make a statue to him and stuff. Which yeah, I think actually the the villain is named Craig. I think I remember it oh, yeah. just because it was like they say his name a lot. He's like, Craig, you're insane. You're a megalomaniac, Craig. You know, yeah. they just keep like over and over, Craig, Craig, Craig. You know, I'm just like, ooh. Where do you go, Craig? And what do you find wherever it is you do go? The thing that like blew me away about that episode was like how quickly they erected a statue that's yeah. like as tall as he is. Yeah. And these, they're so tiny, like you, they're microscopic. You can't actually see the people that he's the god of now or whatever. And uh, but yet overnight they're able to build a statue that's would be as if we built a statue that went to the moon. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and, and like uh, that was another one of those deals where the race of people, the little people, time goes by much faster for them apparently. So like mm-hmm. that must have been like eons for them to build this like huge statue or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, that's a good one. We should do an episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about the Hole in the Wall Gang. So uh, Marshall and uh, Simon go in, and the, they it seems haunted. They've got uh, you know a chair that flies at them, and they uh, hear yeah. a voice talking to them. And they go back. It turns out it's the kid with the gray hair, and he's just messing with people to like keep them out of there. And uh, we find out he tells Marshall that he just showed up in Erie about three months earlier. Three months ago. I wake up here at Weirdsville, Indiana. I don't remember anything. How I got here, who I am, nothing. Zip zero, not even my own name. No mom, no dad, just me looking out for myself. I crash wherever I can, and I dumpster dive for food. Um, So not only is he a mystery to the audience and the other people in Erie, he's also a mystery to himself. He has no idea. I I will say that apparently he saw Heathers because he imitates (laughs) Christian Slater's character to a T in uh. Heather's. He has a trench coat. He has like uh, kind of the mannerisms. So, fuck that guy. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. I like and, him. 
And I don't notice he has a uh, positive and negative charge on each hand. Yeah, he has a plus and a minus. Another mystery we, we're... Right. We don't have the answer to yet, but... Uh, yeah, and he also seems to be kind of... He, he only cares about himself. Like, he doesn't really... At least, like, right now, like, he's just met Marshall and uh, Simon, and he seems to kind of just, you know, whoever has the most money... He's going to go with that. Right, right. Like, well, they spent a lot of time introducing him only to totally change, jump subjects, and they discover this rusty gun. Right. And uh, they start playing with the gun, the gray-haired kid in particular. Yeah. Uh, and the other kids, you know, Marshall and Simon are like, you know, oh, a gun, you can't be playing with that. And he's like, ah, it's rusty, who cares, you know. Yeah. And then it goes off, it, it actually shoots, even though it does look beyond the pale rusty. Yeah. And kind of like genie in a bottle style, it releases the ghost <laughs> of grungy Bill. Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing we did kind of skip over was uh, when they when they first go into the mill to investigate this mm. ghost thing. They have uh, their ghost hunting equipment, which is like a football helmet with a uh, oh yeah a camera duct taped to the top, and then like a a, a flashlight duct taped to the other side. And I was just thinking, like, you know, if this was a show that made today. Have it so much easier. You just get a headlamp and a GoPro camera. You're set. Oh yeah, yeah. But, uh, you can just buy the stuff. You don't yeah. have to jury rig it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I I love how it looks in the show. It's like very like kid like. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just duct tape a bunch of stuff to a helmet <laughs> and we'll go, you know, hunting for ghosts. Uh, and they, they mentioned that they've done it 50 times. This is the 51st house that they <laughs> investigated. So this is like quite a hobby for yeah. uh, Marshall and Simon. Yeah. I like it when they break the fourth wall every now and then. There was a previous episode where Simon uh, he was like, I'm sick of being second banana on this show. And he's like, mm. what show? And then in this one, he tells the gray-haired kid, uh, the gray-haired kid's like, does this kind of stuff happen to you guys a lot? And he's like, at least once a week. thought that was a clever little joke. So, Claude Atkins takes Marshall to, or Grungy Bill takes Marshall to the bank because he finally wants to pull off this heist because, yeah. you know, for a hundred years people have been calling him the worst bank robber of all time and somehow he still, un like, gets the news even though he's trapped inside of an old rusty gun. Right. <laughs> he knows people are making fun of him and he's also aware of, what was it, he, like, mentioned something. It was like, how did he know about that if it's... Uh, I've forgotten, actually. But at yeah. the same time, he's perplexed uh, by the idea of bicycles. He's like, where are the horses? Yeah. And they're like, we have these bikes. And he's kind of like, oh. <laughs> like, he's kind of, you know, upset by that. I mean, so, I, I don't know. I think it just kind of... He, meant, I think he mentioned something about mini malls or something. I got to rob this bank. Otherwise, I'm doomed to wander around here aimlessly for eternity. Or until they demolish the mill for a mini mall, whichever comes first. Yeah. It's like, it's like, how does he know what a mini mall is? He's, right, been, right. he's been in a gun for a hundred. He knows years. his pop culture somehow, but yeah. not quite. I don't yeah. Know. So maybe he gets out every now and then. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah, he and uh, he and Marshall go to the bank, and he dresses Marshall up as in like an eighteen hundreds lady. Yeah. And the people that are in the bank are very like oddly dressed. There's a guy that looks like uh, uh, what's his name from Indiana Jones. Sala. Sala. Yeah. And then. Uh, the the one of the ladies from the Foreverware is there yeah. with a little girl maybe yeah well, I, at first I thought it was a callback to something else that it was maybe a boy in drag from a previous episode but I don't think it was I think it was just a girl that yeah. I mistook 
Um, although Foreverware also makes an earlier cameo appearance, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's it called? World of Stuff, yeah. right? Uh, it's uh, a lot of Foreverware material is uh, on sale, 50% off. Yeah. yeah, which is a great deal. I mean, unless it stopped working. Right, right. Um, I would have bought that shit up because yep. I could be young forever. I wouldn't have gray hair right now. Um, no. I would be young and handsome. You, but you wouldn't be distinguished. That's true. So maybe I would start using it up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't exist. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and then we also find out what happened to the guy who kept Gomez Adams in the basement of the world of stuff. He is now like a bank teller at yeah, this old-timey bank. Even though he was arrested uh, in a previous scene, mm-hmm. or carted away anyway, he, yeah, he resurfaces as the teller uh, of the bank, yeah. Yeah, and, um, well, John Aston's character even says, like, you know, I don't want to press charges. You know, he right. sold a lot of stuff for the store. So even though he didn't press charges, it still seems kind of weird that he would, like, immediately find, like, new work. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe he abducted the bank teller, and now he's taken over, yeah, another job, another I, position. Yeah. I was thinking that myself. Yeah. I was like, you might want to check the basement of the Erie Bank, because there may be some people tied up down there. Yeah, as the show, if it, again, if it, if it had existed past a year... Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably would have had a lot of running gags, where, and that probably would have been one of them, is that this guy takes over different identities and different yeah. jobs, and you know, you'd just see him kind of popping up in the background or in odd, odd bits and stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, they were already had some running, running gags with the Foreverware stuff. And, right, right. Uh, Bert like and Ernie showed up as paramedics in right, the later yeah. episode, yeah. I feel like there was some other, there were some other like, unusual characters in the bank, but I can't remember what they were. I think we already mentioned the Foreverware a right. uh, customer was there, right? Yeah. Um, that's all I remember. Then, then uh, Marshall's parents show up. Yeah, Marshall's parents show up. And they seem completely unconcerned that no one knows where their son is. <laughs> right. Right. They <laughs> like, see Simon and they're like, hey, where's Marshall? And he's like, ah. Uh. He's like, yeah, I don't know. And they're mm. like, oh, okay. Anyway, you want to come over for dinner? Like, there's just. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, it's weird because uh, uh, Simon's acting very sketchy and weird. Right, right. <laughs> They, they don't seem concerned at all, but again, you know, it's eerie. Uh, but wasn't his, was his sister there with him too? I think so, yeah. The entire family went to the bank? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, they, they were, uh, if you recall, the bank was having a deal where they were giving away a free toaster if you right. open up a bank account, a savings account. And they were convincing the daughter, the parents were convincing the daughter that, hey, you, you'll need a toaster when you move out. Oh, so yeah. it was just a free way to get a toaster for her. And she was claiming, I don't even eat toast. Even <laughs> if you give me this, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat any toast. And they're like, Yeah, but you'll need a toaster. So Maybe you'll have a guest over who wants mm. toast. Mm. And then uh, I'm eating toast right now. Jeff prepared it for me. It's delicious. Mmm, there's jelly on it. Grape. Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) It's calm! (laughs) So, uh, somehow, I forget how the, oh, it gets, the the bank heist, bank robbery gets gets botched. Yeah, Um, I've kind of forgotten how that actually happened already, though. Didn't, like, um, they they bumped into the Foreverware girl, and she drops her piggy bank on the ground and distracts someone, and they knock the, anyway... Yeah, regardless. Uh, yeah. yeah, Grungy Bill loses his gun, turns to rust, and he's like, "Screw it! I gotta, I gotta steal something." So he steals a, a very, very slowly steals a toaster. Yes. <laughs> Everyone in the place had to witness this toaster just float out awkwardly. Yeah. yeah. 
No it's almost like concerned. purposely bad special effects. Like yeah. uh, again, I think it was tongue in cheek. Like we'll make yeah. a really bad special effect right here. Yeah. So like the the toaster just very slowly floats out of the room, and no one's like, "How was that toaster? How yeah. did that guy just disappeared? Like how did that happen?" But no one seems to really be that mm. concerned about it. Mm. Um, so yeah, they uh, they end up back at the uh, the old mill, and they Grungy Bill. Goes into the toaster like a genie in a lamp, and uh, that's pretty much the end of it. Uh, it. It's really more notable. I mean, it's a cool guest star, obviously, with, with Atkins, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he was an interesting guy to kind of pop up on this kid's show. Um, and he died only a couple years later, so it was mm-hmm. kind of the last leg of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, interesting because it sets up you know, a couple of reoccurring characters, right? We've got the, the new shop runner of World of Stuff. Yeah. And obviously the gray-haired kid is mm-hmm. introduced. So uh, they play heavy roles in the next two episodes, especially yeah. the gray-haired kid. So one thing I meant to ask you is our listener and friend, Adam, pointed out to me that according to Danielle Harris, claims that... Uh, the young man that played Marshall claimed her virginity in their episode oh. together. <laughs> that was really creepy, I said. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I mean, in all fairness to you, I brought it up. Uh, actually, Adam brought it up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, creep! <laughs> um, but but does it change the context of the show at all, knowing that Marshall, Marshall at least made love, if you will, to one of his co-stars... <laughs> Does it change the concept? Because, like, to me watching it, when we were watching the first batch before, you know, we released the first episode and, and people kind of started chiming in, like, part of the charm was that these guys seemed really innocent and young and naive or whatever. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the real life Marshall was all like, listen, I'm a guy, you're a girl. Let's go back to my trailer. Yeah, let's do this. Like, this, I mean, does it change it at all for you? Just a little bit? Just, like, watching Marshall on screen, <laughs> just knowing, you know, maybe he's a... You mentioned he's a little bit older than he looks. Like, you yeah, looked I, it up and... I looked it up and he, I think in, like, the the very first episode, he would have been, like, 14 or 15. Yeah. So not too much older, but yeah. Um, and I did note it, like, in this episode, his voice is a little deeper. Right, than, right. Than I had noticed before, and... I don't know if we... I think we might have mentioned it already that when he's making out with Danielle Harris on his friend's grave, uh, yeah. he... They're, like, full-on, like, tongues, yeah. like, just sucking face, and it makes more sense now to be like, oh, I just were, I, I want to reiterate. Like, they literally broke up. They had a conversation <laughs> where she was like, you know, I just really need space, and I just don't want to be with anyone right now. And he was like, I totally understand that. And then they just start kissing. They're like, <laughs> all right. And then they start open tongue kissing yeah. on the grave of uh, the, the heart transplant. Like she received this man's, yeah. this young man's heart. <laughs> it would be funny if that like, uh, in, in reality, like that wasn't actually in the script where they start making out. She was, they just were so oh like gosh. horny for each other that, uh, it's like, yeah, I can't be with you anymore. It's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And they just start making out and it like, cuts to the director and he's like, What's the... Yeah. What? (laughs) It's just really bizarre, and it's bizarre to me that they kept it in, but whatever. I mean, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's... uh, That that scene makes more sense now. Like, because, you know, normally in a a kid's show like that, if they kiss, it's just like a very, like, 
their faces basically just touch. Right, it's right, not right. like a big. This was like a full on makeout, like yeah. with tongues. And, and again, a, a breakup scene and a scene on the the grave of a friend of both <laughs> of their you know mutual friend. Yeah, you would think what? that would warrant just a polite kiss, not yeah. not like let me make up with my friend's yeah. uh, my dead friend's girlfriend on his grave. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, Marshall, uh, he doesn't. He didn't seem to be too shitty of a person in this episode. He was right. I don't remember doing anything that made me go like, why wouldn't? What's the problem? He's kind of leveled out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the batch we watched tonight, I didn't have as many problems with Marshall. He seemed to be pretty, yeah, you know. Somewhat caring and mm-hmm. uh, kind of stable, so. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for that episode. Um, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is Mr. Cheney. Oh, this is the werewolf episode. Yeah. This is Mar- I don't understand how this is worded. Marshall was chosen to be the Eerie and Mr. Cheney as the Harvest King. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Basically, Marshall wins this lottery to be the Harvest King. Yes. Uh, where don't they say something about like you get to meet the eerie wolf? Don't don't miss your chance to see the eerie wolf. Right, eerie wolf of the forest. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that none of the previous Harvest Kings have ever returned. They all end up going to Italy. Is that where they said they go? Yes. Yeah, but where's your son now? He's in Spain. No one's ever seen or heard from the the previous Harvest Kings since that happened, and um, there's some interesting stars in this one too. There was uh, who was the guy? Um, I forget his the actor's name, but he's been in like everything. He was what Stephen Root? Yeah, he was in uh, Office Space. Oh yeah, and uh, like several Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, and... Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's in, he he's he's really good. He was in Get Out as the blind. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, he's he's very established. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a great character actor, and he's really he can be really really funny too. Um, which he's kind of funny in this too. He's uh, I I didn't really even catch what he was. What his role was up until the end, obviously, like right. we find we find out that he's the he's a werewolf. Yeah, he's just kind of an enthusiast of the harvest, like yeah. festival or whatever. He seems to be really into it. Just kind of a local. Yeah, and then the the smarmy uh, uh, what's mayor. his name? The, yeah, yeah, the smarmy mayor decides like we'll throw the gray haired kid under the bus. We'll just put his name on the card and you'll draw his name. Mm. And then the gray-haired kid overhears this, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. And he marks the name out, puts Marshall's name on it. Uh, also showing, once again, he has no loyalty to Marshall. Right. <laughs> Even though Marshall's like the closest thing to a friend this kid has. Um, and uh, so, of course, you know, Gomez Adams reads the name, and it's Marshall. And... Uh, there's also I, I I glossed over this too. There's a, as we've mentioned before, this is like a, a Joe Dante show. He's you know, yeah. the, he directs several episodes and he's a creative consultant and everything. Uh, they make a a nice little nod to one of his movies in this one. Hmm. Come on, let's get home. They're showing The Howling on cable tonight. The Howling, I love that movie. So yeah. I thought that was kind of a funny little wink. We reviewed The Howling on Half-Ass Horrorcast. Check it out in the archives. And obviously, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't even have to say this. 
but the title of and the character name, Mr. Cheney. Uh, Lon Cheney, Lon Jr. Cheney yeah. Yeah, the Wolfman. So also <laughs> they make a couple of references to the Warren Commission in this episode. Mm. And uh, it re- reminded me this was around the time that the movie JFK came out. Yeah. And so the whole JFK conspiracy was like huge at the time because my dad was way into it too. Right. Um but I just thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh yeah, it's like yeah, and, and uh, there's a few, like, uh, very early 90s references in this batch of episodes. Because the next episode has a couple political jokes that yeah. just seem kind of out of place and odd. And, yeah. like, for something that could be very timeless otherwise, mm-hmm. um, it kind of hits little bumps in the road, I think, when, when they make jokes about, you know, Dan Quill and, yeah, and gonna, that sort of thing. Yeah, I made a lot of notes for that for the next yeah. episode. I was going to... Con- Talk about that. The um, well, I stole your thunder. Boom! You blew it. Oh, so when Marshall becomes the uh, the Harvest King, they take him out to the woods, and it's which it's also an. I'll go ahead. I was gonna say when you say they, it's just like a very small group go out to the woods, right? It's not like this huge ceremony. People, it's it's a it's an adult male and a child. They're just hanging out in the woods you together. You won the prize. Oh. And they just go out to the woods together. Like, Marshall's yeah. parents have no concern for this right. at all. They're not right. like, yeah, go into the woods with a strange man. And he's just like, okay, I guess. you know. So um, Marshall and a strange man go out to the woods, and they go into what looks to, look to me like the Are You Afraid of the Dark set, mm. where they're all sitting around the campfire and stuff. Because it looked just like that. And I was like, ah. Um, and they're... Throw in some uh, creamer on the fire. <laughs> and of course, you know, we find out that uh, what's his name is is a werewolf. And um, luckily, gray-haired kid was spying on them, and he it's Mr. Cheney. Mr. Cheney, that's right. For fuck's sake! So he knocks out Mr. What's his name, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, the gray-haired kid knocks out Cheney with the with a big log. And uh, <laughs> get it? Yeah, big log. So he, his uh, dick. <laughs> so um, they take the werewolf back to Marshall's house and uh, don't bother to turn any lights on or anything. They're like, we gotta keep this werewolf in the dark. We don't want to wake your parents up and let them know that this guy has turned into a we werewolf. We want this to be moody as fuck. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Marshall is never like. Oh my god, mom and dad, this thing is happening. Here's the proof. Right. There's right. a werewolf in our kitchen. And then, uh, so Marshall and the gray haired kid leave. I forgot what they left for, but they leave, uh, Simon. Was it to with the get a cure for the, uh, to get silver or something? Something. Or? I, don't I don't remember. That's a good, that's a good. I, we, it's funny because we just watched yeah, this. Yeah. Like, you know, we just, as soon as we stopped watching, we came in here to record. <laughs> um, but anyway, like Marshall and the gray-haired kid leave uh, Simon with the werewolf, and of course the werewolf wakes up, and then Marshall's sister comes downstairs, and she sees the werewolf, and she screams and passes out. Mm. And then later on, uh, when the gray-haired kid and Marshall come back, she's like, oh my god, I saw the biggest raccoon. I'm like, what a moron. It was a six-foot-tall raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a raccoon that looks like that? And the, I will say, the werewolf actually looks pretty cool in this. Yeah, he does. Like, for, like, for a kid's show and it's television and everything, they actually make it pretty creepy looking and it's pretty... 
uh, articulated. It reminds me a lot of the howling um, yeah. werewolf. I mean, it's kind of yeah. the the long snout, right? Yeah, it's a pretty. It's for a kid show. It's actually pretty pretty scary. Yeah, looking. yeah. Um, and then I don't remember. Somehow they end up back in the woods. The, oh, that's the, right. The, the, the werewolf escapes, right? Right. Yeah. Werewolf escapes. So they follow it back into the woods. And then uh, one thing I noticed that I thought was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't know that it's about werewolves. That uh, It shows the, the moon in the sky and then these clouds go in front of the moon right. and he turns back into a human. Oh, someone's trying to get a werewolf now. I got a little bubble gut. <laughs> But once the uh, once the clouds go in front of the moon, he turns back into a human, right? Which is like, so so if it's a cloudy night, he won't turn into a werewolf. I feel like I've seen this somewhere before, like that that's been in other movies and stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, don't ask me. Seems like that wouldn't make a difference, but you know, oh, it's a very easy loophole if that's the case. Yeah. If you're if you're cursed as a werewolf, Lon Chaney style mm-hmm. or Larry Talbot style. And that was a way that you could avoid, like, just live in foggy places or very cloudy yeah. places. Yeah, England. Yeah. It's always gloomy. Or go to go to Portland. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Gomez Adams shows up and he's like, I'm not going to, you know, turn a blind eye to this anymore. Heard what you said, Marshal. I'm not looking the other way anymore. Let's go bag a werewolf. When that's done, I'm taking aim at this Warren Commission thing. Yes! Because apparently, like, the, the government of the of Erie has been just feeding people to this werewolf. Yeah. They, they do a lot of sacrificial... It's kind of a running thing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And also, they mention that, like, oh, you get a tax cut and good luck for 13 years if we feed somebody to yeah. this werewolf. I, I miss... I have to go back and rewatch it, I think. I, I missed how they get a tax cut. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like an offhand joke, right? But I thought it was like a, a legitimate thing. Like, oh, we get tax cuts if we go along with this whole plan. Um, I don't know if... I don't know. I guess I didn't pay close enough attention to this one. <laughs> um, but anyway, they they end up... Accidentally, he shoots uh, Mr. Cheney in the foot. Yes. And he turns back into a human. And uh, that's enough. Like, I guess... I never really thought about it, but I guess you don't actually have to, like kill somebody with a silver bullet you just shoot a werewolf with a silver bullet silver bullet and that cures them. in this mythology i mean in yeah. this universe yeah. yeah the silver penetrating the skin i yeah. guess will cure the werewolf yeah. and uh marshall gets uh, like slashed or something by yeah. the werewolf at one point and uh so they're he's afraid he's gonna turn into a werewolf too so uh gomez adams uh makes a gross cocktail for him and uh for him to drink and this is going to cure him of you know becoming a werewolf and uh but as i'm watching it i was just thought like why don't you just shoot him in the foot yeah well, or for mean, the other guy or or just like get a uh a knife like yeah. silverware and just stab him with a knife like in, in the toe or something and yeah. that would be enough but i don't know or make him, or, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Gomez wanted to make him drink something gross. Yeah. It was, you know. Even though the thing was gross, it was probably less painful than getting stabbed or shot in the foot. But could be. Who knows? Um, Until he sat on the toilet. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Marshall doesn't turn into a werewolf, but he does grow big mutton chops. 
Whenever yeah, the movie yeah. is full. Which, you know, worse things could happen. So we're moving on to the next one? Uh, yeah, unless... Do you have any other... No. Thoughts or comments? No. Okay. The next one is called No Brain, No Pain. Marshall and Simon help out a homeless man after witnessing him being attacked by a woman with a ray gun. It is difficult, though, because all he does is mumble nonsense and reassemble electrical appliances into bizarre contraptions. Yeah, this is the one that has all the weird, like, political yeah. things in it, where uh, apparently everybody in, in uh, Erie is, they, they hate liberals. They must all be Republicans. I, I guess this is 92, so this would, probably would have been around the time of the, uh, the election. Yes. Uh, Bill Clinton won. Uh, but they do, <laughs> they make a lot of, like, little stabs at liberals in this one. Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell. I don't know. There, there are lots of, like, weird... But then, later in the episode, Charles seems, ups- like, you know, he asks Marshall, like, who the president is. And he's like, George Bush and our uh, vice president is Dan Quayle. And he's like, oh, my God, it's worse than I thought. I'm yeah. Like, Wait, I thought the writer... The writer made it seem like... Anyway, who knows? I'm not really sure, but it's it's all very dated and yeah. strange. You know, it's, it's going to be totally lost on kids yeah. now. And that's the other thing. I don't know if we mentioned in the previous episode, the Halloween episode, where uh, Marshall and uh, Simon go his George Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev. So I was like, that's very dated, too. Extremely dated, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so... It was already dated by the time they did it. Which yeah. is kind of strange. Yeah, I guess it was. Wasn't like it? Gorbachev was already like kind of a has been. Yeah. Uh, I guess they you know they did the callback to no it would have been old too because I forgot what year Bush said uh, read my lips no no new taxes mm-hmm. because they make a joke like that where he's yeah. like read my lips no more candy yeah, so, yeah. something like that yeah yeah that was a uh, that was also around the time when. Dana Carvey was doing uh, Ray My He was doing yeah, his impression. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and <laughs> they call uh, they they call this weird homeless guy uh, the Mad Whacker. That guy is the Mad Whacker. Cindy's right. He's calling the Whacker because he uses an axe to kill his victims. Oh yeah. Which I thought <laughs> yeah, it's an odd name. Yeah. Yeah. We both we both got a good chuckle out of that. I feel like they knew what they were doing for yeah. sure. This is also so it was like ninety two when this came out, which is also around the time of Terminator Two. Yes, taking so, the world by storm. Yes, you could be mine. And so they make a good. Uh, not a, I mean, not a good. Rock spout rocking and your bow and dropping in your yeah So there's another Terminator reference in this one, yeah. just like uh, on um. Uh, Roseanne back in the day they would you know where DJ wanted to be Terminator for Halloween right 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 uh, but yeah there's like this lady and she's dressed like the Terminator and uh, she tries to kidnap uh, the Mad Whacker and uh, but the gray haired kid shows up and foils that plan and then Marshall and Simon take the Mad Whacker back to <laughs> <laughs> to their house naturally yes yeah and uh they give him a makeover it's kind of a uh she's all that type of moment they it cuts to simon <laughs> and marshall in the bathroom 
giving the homeless man a makeover. They've uh, cut his hair, shaved him. Poor guy's got nothing except one handsome haircut. Uh, I guess bathed him as well, which is kind of weird. I yeah. guess they, once again, we have a weird situation where two adolescent boys are <laughs> bathing a middle-aged man, but, yeah. you know, hey. But he's, he, this, this guy's not all there, so maybe he's not as... Oh, that makes it totally fine. Threatening. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. He would never do anything. We <laughs> With a name like the Whacker. Yeah, you're right. You know, the mad Whacker along with two young children... It's fine. In a bathtub? Yeah. Pshaw. And then uh and then they leave the mad whacker with the sister. Yeah. And uh she seems to be like completely unfazed by all of this. She's just like watching soap operas. Yeah. yeah. She's just watching soap operas, you know, there's a strange man in their house. Then the gray haired kid shows up who I'm pretty sure she's never met before, right? No. Not that I know. He just walks in the house, he's like, Oh hey, Uncle Morty or whatever. <laughs> it's like Uncle Mo, long time no see. And she's just like, oh, hey, like she's met him before. Yeah. And then later she's like, oh, yeah, your cousin came by. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you don't even know this kid. He just <laughs> shows up on your doorstep. Not only that, like, I noticed, <laughs> I almost said something when we were watching it, but like, he, like, Marshall and uh, Simon leave. And after they leave, uh, he, like, pops up in the window. He's, like, hiding in the bushes the whole time. The gray-haired kid? Yeah. yeah. It's like, how long was he waiting there? <laughs> Marshall and uh, Simon yeah. decide maybe the answer to, like, what's going on with this guy is in his shopping cart that he has. He's got all this, like, junk in it. Marshall and Simon somehow know how to put all of this together to make this, like, brainalizer contraption. Yeah, a huge contraption. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which they use to... Uh, I don't know. Take the brain or something. Well, know. you you missed also that the, they find in the rubble and all this junk, they find an eight track recording of uh, one of uh, the Nax albums. Yeah, that has uh, my Sharona on it, which Yo. is a phrase that the Whacker says over and over. Ooh, my Sharona, my Sharona, my my Sharona, my Sharona. Yeah. He keeps talking about Sharona and my Sharona. And the kids, being younger, don't understand that it's a reference to a song mm-hmm. at all. Like, they're like, who is Sharona? Yeah. Maybe it's his mom. Maybe it's his sister. You know, whatever. And they find the, tra- the, the tape, and they feel like that's some kind of key as well. Like, they feel like that's some kind of big clue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when they put the tape into the contraption, that ends up being, uh, somehow that is like, where his soul has been, apparently. Because when they put the tape in, his soul or his aura, whatever, jumps mm-hmm. into Simon, right? Yeah, and then Simon, you know, he's he's kind of... I guess it's like his, his brain waves or something. Right. I don't know. Like, he... Uh, it's almost like Simon is possessed by this doctor now. Yeah. Dr. Charles something or other. Uh, who is, like, the smartest man in the world. Right. And he's created this contraption to, like, I don't know, put your brain on an eight track tape. Yeah, it really doesn't make that much <laughs> sense. Uh, his sister, who who is the Terminator lady, yeah, explains that it. Uh, no, it's his wife. It's his wife. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was his sister for some reason. Uh, Ms. Danforth is that bum's. Uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Fernell's sister. Uh, she she's come to Erie to care for her brother. Who is that lady anyway? That's no lady. That's my wife. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. 
Um, but she explains that, that, you know, he's a genius and then he made this contraption that can either turn you into a super genius or make you a babbling idiot is how she describes it at mm. one point. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose was at all. Yeah. It really is unclear. So, and then there's this whole scene where the, everybody gets their, uh, their mind switched. So everybody's in different right. bodies and, uh, Marshall ends up in the lady, right? Yeah. And, mm. uh, the lady with the crazy cleavage mm. <laughs> and uh i actually looked her up recently and i th- she passed away too not long after yeah i, I it, she died in 94 so very yeah. not very long after this at all yeah she wasn't very old either yeah 50 yeah, yeah i saw that it's crazy um so anyway everybody uh it, it gets down to you know gray-haired kid He's trying to figure out which one is the real Marshall. And, right. Uh, he, of course, figures it out because Marshall offers him $1,000. He's like, wait a minute. The real Marshall Teller doesn't have a thousand bucks. Oops. And so <laughs> everybody gets put back in their own bodies and good, you know, happy ending, I guess. At the, I don't, That's the thing. I, we just watched this. I already forgot what happened at the end. Like, yeah. did they... What happened with the doctor or the the chart? Yeah, he was a doctor, right? Or a yeah. scientist? Do you want to watch it real quick? <laughs> yeah, we should go back and just rewatch it. Let's just Let's pause, pause it. it. We're just gonna watch like the last like two minutes. Right. Uh, there's no reason for us to watch it because I remember all of it. Oh, that's um, right. I remember now too. He. Uh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the. Uh, their brains get all mixed up because they all kind of touch the machine at the same time and it right. zaps them. And uh, uh, Marshall was in the lady's body, the lady is in Marshall's body, and the doctor and uh, Simon are mixed Still up. Switched. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gray haired kid shows up, shoots Marshall in the head with the little electronic zapper gun. Right. Who? And, which I'm not. Does he know the capabilities of that gun? Because I sure didn't. I don't. <laughs> I, didn't I don't think we had seen it actually used yet, right? Well, she shot the she shot the Mad Whacker at the beginning of the episode yeah. in the alley with it. Right. So right. At, at least we know it doesn't. We know kill. it doesn't. Just, just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So shooting so, someone in the face with it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what kind of like damage that does long term if mm. you shoot someone in the face with it. But he shoots Marshall's body in the face with it, uh, and they everyone gets switched back into their own bodies. And uh, the the doctor and the the big boobs lady uh, go off and try to work things out. Yeah, work things yeah. out. Work their. They, they out. actually they send uh, Marshall and Simon uh, some mail. They yeah. Send, with with a letter explaining, you know, they're trying to patch things up. They moved down south and. Uh, they're going to continue doing research, and they send them uh, the knack tape, or whatever, yeah. which they put in their little uh, locker of yeah. memorabilia of Erie. Yep. And uh, we also noticed that there's some pretty funny like acting going on in the background of, the, of one scene at the end where Marshall is talking to the gray-haired kid, and then in between them in the background you see... Simon and the doctor talking to each other and these big like <laughs> really movements with their arms like <laughs> but uh yeah it's a fun episode so now we're on the home stretch yeah only three left to go and uh Sorry, I'm not sure. terrifying no one's talking to you 
That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it really did. Alexa does that sometimes. <laughs> Are you ever like asleep and you just hear Alexa like? No, I think that would freak me out. That's what I'm saying I though. Just like, woke up and they're like, <laughs> I mean, like, like you just. I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> shit myself. I, I mean, that scared me right now. Like, uh, I really should just unplug that thing. I never, I rarely ever use it. Huh. Uh, I I've had that thing for over a year. And it's basically like an expensive Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. Or like every once in a while, if I want to hear a song, I'll just be like, hey, play that song. Yeah. We should ask her what Erie, Indiana is and see what she says. Huh. Alexa, what is Erie, Indiana? I don't think she understood what I said. <laughs> I'm about a She's city too, in Tunisia. She's too far away. Well... Just rest assured that she's listening to you all the time. Yeah. Well, there's when you're not here, there's nothing to listen to. <laughs> I'm like rarely ever even in that room and like... But apparently she can hear what I'm saying in the bedroom now too because she just spoke up like, What? Were you guys talking to me? <laughs> please, no. please let me in your conversation. Can so I be alone. on your podcast? <laughs> Why did they make me to feel... <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. This would be an Eerie Indiana episode if like... She starts, mm. it's like AI. She starts, can I be on your podcast? <laughs> She's like the ATM with the Heart of Gold episode. They, they should do a reboot. Erie, Indiana, uh, Beyond. And what is that what they called the spinoff anyway? What do they call it? Uh, I think it's The Other Dimension. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's a good idea. I think they should remake Erie, Indiana. Mm. And they can make the episodes an hour long. That way they could have... Right. Explore it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it would be fun. And make it a Netflix show. Here, here's a little question for anyone listening. Is, uh, should we do this with another TV show? And what TV show should it be? We've got a couple of ideas. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to hear some feedback. I have a one suggestion. A little thing I like to call... Are you afraid of the dark? What? That, of course, we wouldn't want to watch every episode, obviously. Maybe you'd but, pick top yeah. five or something? Or? Yeah, because some of these episodes are not, they're not... They don't hold up. You don't say. <laughs> and actually, if you didn't watch them as a kid, they might not hold up at all. You might mm. watch them and be like, I don't, why are we watching this? Right, right. But who knows? Any suggestions? You know, you can get to us on uh, our Twitter. At H.A. Horrorcast. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Hey, while we're talking about stuff like this, if if you guys would write us a review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. I want to break that glass ceiling <laughs> and have people notice us and start listening to our motherfucking podcast, and you can help us. Listen to us talk to each other. So yeah, I guess to wrap up the Erie, Indiana thing. Yeah. Only three episodes left. And then we'll be free birds. But in the meantime, keep slamming that evil. Keep busting. Oh.